This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Have you ever received an important invitation? I get to looking back at my life and, and thinking about invitations that I've received and I, I don't see anything too important or that stands out too much. I've, I've never been invited to the White House because of my great athletic abilities and that's alright. Uh, it just wasn't going to happen for me. Uh, and I just don't see anything in my life that stands out as an incredible invitation. But I have sent out some important invitations. Uh, it's graduation season. And we've probably all sent out a graduation invitation. And that's an important thing in our lives. That's an important day that signifies our, our graduating out of high school and going into the, the real world, I guess. That's important. And, and we send those invitations out to a lot of people. And what's probably more, I guess, recent for me is my wedding invitations. And that was a big deal. And so I, I've... We all have probably some experience, maybe not receiving an invitation, but, but sending out some kind of invitation or, or receiving the invitation to something important. Maybe you've received that graduation invitation this year or that wedding invitation. Um, but I thought about the invitation and what that is, uh, and there's a few things that signify an invitation, and the first of which is that an invitation is personal. Uh, not only is an invitation personal, but an invitation is important. And just by the nature of an invitation, an invitation has terms that must be accepted to it. And not only that, but an invitation inherently, all invitations, whether that be the athletes that go to the White House when they win the championship, or the graduation invitation, or the birthday party invitation, they're all an expiring offer. And at some time, you, you can no longer accept that invitation. So when I think about my wedding invitations, I, I think about how they're personal. And if you received a wedding invitation from me, it's because we have a personal relationship. And we know each other. You know, my grandparents, they got an, a wedding invitation because we have a personal relationship. I know them. And they know me. And we can go back and we can think about times we've spent together. We have a relationship. And so for me to send that invitation to them, it's not because... I know them, or just because I've heard of them, we, we know each other on a personal level. That's a personal thing that, that we can share. And if you received that invitation from me, maybe, maybe you looked back and you thought about some personal time we spent together. The next thing I thought about with my wedding invitations is that they're important. That was an important thing. And I wanted people to come to that if I sent them the invitation, mostly. Maybe not, maybe not everybody, for me. But that was an important day. And that was an important uh, ceremony that happened that day, right? And so if I sent you that invitation, it was probably important for me that you attend. And if you received that invitation, you probably thought, well, it's important that I go to this. Zane, Zane wants me to be there. And it's part of it, it's important because of our personal relationship. Like I said, what, what happened that day was important. Hallie and I got married. It changed our life. It's important because 
we, while we haven't discussed it, I, I don't plan on doing that again. That's probably going to be my only one. This is a one-time thing. This is important. We understood that what we agreed to do, what we made vows to do that day, it was an important thing. And so the invitation is to come and witness that. That's important. I wanted you to be there. And you probably wanted to be there. And just like those, my, my wedding, it had terms that must be accepted. And while we didn't necessarily signify all those terms, there were terms that had to be accepted if you wanted to be there at that wedding. And so a lot of times if you get an invitation to a wedding, I don't know who these people are, maybe if you're them, I apologize, but they'll say, you know, business attire, you have to wear a black tie and you have to wear this nice clothing, right? And while we didn't do that, you know, if, if Chance wanted to show up in shorts and a cutoff t-shirt, we'd probably have been like, you know, we'd probably rather you not be here if you're going to wear shorts and a cutoff t-shirt. There were terms that have to be accepted, Right? There was a certain place, there was a location where we got married. And you have to go to that location if you wanted to be at our wedding. Those were some of the terms that had to be met. And guess what? If you're not willing to go to that location, you can't come to the wedding. If you're not willing to wear something appropriate, you can't come into the wedding. I I got asked to be in somebody's wedding this summer. And they wanted me to wear black boots and a black belt and a black tie. And so if I walk in there with a hot pink tie, they're going to say, you know what? It's not that important to us that you be in this wedding. Those were the terms that had to be accepted. And then finally, an invitation inherently. All invitations, be that graduation or or the wedding or whatever, they're an expiring offer. We got married on September 25th. And if you wanted to come to our wedding, you had to show up on September 25th. And so, you know what? We can have the personal relationship. That can be important to you. You can want to be at, at the wedding. You can accept all the terms. You can dress just how we want you to dress. And you can show up to the right place with the invitation. But if you show up a day late, it's over. You've missed it. And what good is the invitation if you show up a day late? And when I began to think about other invitations, I thought about Jesus invitation as well and so Jesus invitation is the same way as I begin to think about the invitation that Jesus offers each and every one of us I realized that it's both personal it's important it's got terms that have to be accepted and it's an expiring offer and just like my wedding or just like your high school graduation Jesus' invitation meets all those same criteria. First, we're going to talk about how this invitation is personal. In the next verse, we read here where it says, uh, a verse here about Matthew. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And you see, this was a personal invitation for Matthew. Jesus didn't walk up and say, Zane. He said, Matthew. There was Matthew. He was inviting Matthew. said, come, follow me. This wasn't an invitation for anybody else. It was for Matthew. And later on we see a a similar verse here with the other apostles in Luke chapter 6. It says, and he came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples and of them he chose twelve whom also 
he named apostles. And we see this same invitation that Jesus extends to Matthew here, extended to all the apostles. Follow me. Come with me. You know what? This is a personal invitation that Jesus extended to these apostles. If Jesus wanted to, at this moment, Jesus could have said, everybody come with me. Everybody follow me. Anybody follow me. Somebody follow me. He could have been vague. But no, this was personal. He, he named these apostles. They're going to come with me. And you are going to be my apostles. See, this was a personal invitation extended by Jesus. And not only that, it was personal in the nature of what Jesus wanted them to do and what they were going to do. This wasn't just an invitation to come and be with Jesus because it was to go and have a personal relationship with Jesus. Go where Jesus goes. Do what Jesus does. Watch how Jesus lives his life. Learn from how Jesus lives his life. That's what this invitation was for. Not only did he name them personally, but what he wanted them to do was a very personal thing. To have a personal relationship with Jesus. To know him. For him to know them. To be close. And, and to be the best of friends and to be the closest of people. See what I see, go where I go, do what I do. That's what this invitation, it's a personal invitation that Jesus had extended here to the apostles. In John chapter 10 and verse 13 it says, The hiring fleeth because he's an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. You see, this is the same invitation that Jesus has offered and extended both to you and to me. To come to Jesus, to be with him, and to have a personal relationship. It's the exact same for you and I today. The exact same invitation, while Jesus doesn't invite us to come be with him physically on earth, to come and be with Jesus. When Jesus says, come unto me, when Jesus calls each and every one of us to follow him, what is that? It's an invitation to have a personal relationship. It's an invitation to, to be with Jesus. To go where Jesus goes. To learn what Jesus has to say. And to be with Jesus. Let me tell you, that's personal. Je Jesus desires you to know him on a personal level. And it's great. We have a, we have a nice church. We have a lot of people here today, right? But Jesus wants a personal relationship with you on a personal level. That's what he desires, and that's what we should also desire. And also, uh, go back one more, he says, The hireling fleeth because he's a hireling and careth not for the sheep. What, what that means is there's going to be other invitations. There's going to be other people in life that are pulling you in their direction. In, in, in sports or other people in life or other your job or whatever that may be. And Jesus says, The hireling careth not for the sheep. Other people want you to have that relationship with them. Other people want them to be God in your life. Entertainment wants to be God in your life. Your job wants to be God in your life or, or whatever it is. Jesus says anybody else who, who's trying to have this kind of personal relationship and invitation with you, they're the hireling. They don't care. This is an invitation uh, that's so important from Jesus because of this personal nature that he cares for me and he cares for you. 
Jesus says, this is an invitation to know me and for me to know you. Anybody else that comes along and tries to offer anything like this, they're a liar. They don't really care for you. They don't really love you. In John chapter 14, in verse number 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. What, What a personal thing Jesus said he's doing. Jesus says, I am, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I like to think and I trust and I know and I believe that when Jesus said this, he had you and I in mind. He, he knows he's going to prepare a place for Jack Huff. This is for him. This is for you. This is for me. And if I'm going and preparing a place for you, I I will. This is a promise. I'll come back. I'll receive you. We've had this personal relationship, and and I promise that I'm going to be there in eternity. And we're going to be together. It's not just a relationship to follow Jesus throughout your entire life. It's an eternal invitation. An invitation that Jesus is going to come in and receive you and that you will be together. That's what this invitation is. It's it's not just one for the rest of your uh, earthly life but that goes on beyond that. Jesus thinks of us. He has me in mind. Going and preparing heaven and making sure heaven is what it needs to be and that it's ready for you and I. See, this is a personal invitation that Jesus has extended. He wants you. He wants you on a personal level. Going on, Jesus' invitation is important. And the poster verse for this sermon, I I suppose, is found uh, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 where Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy. And Jesus says, My burden is light. Uh, This is the perfect, this is the invitation, so to say, that Jesus extends. He says, all you that labor and are heavy laden. This is who the invitation is for. This is who the invitation is extended to, to anybody that labors, to anybody that is heavy laden, to anybody that needs rest, to anybody that's got problems in their life, to anybody that's got struggles in their life, to anybody that's got sin in their life, that's who this invitation's for. You got hardships? We've all got sin? This invitation's for you. It's for anybody with sin, for anybody with trouble. And Jesus tells you what the trade-off here is. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see what the, what the invitation, why it's so important, is because what Jesus can do, what Jesus can offer, who else can offer this? Can anybody else offer this? He just told us in one of the last verses, the hiring, they don't care for the sheep. Jesus cares for the sheep. He knows the sheep. He loves us. And now he's saying that that the offer, this invitation is for us to swap burdens. That Jesus looks down and he sees our burdens and he sees the sin and he sees the problems. And he says he will take them. 
And what we have to do is take his burden. And he says his burden is light. He takes our burdens and we take his. Who else can offer that? Moving on in Matthew chapter 8, it says, And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Think about what it meant to be a leper any time, but especially at this day and time, at this day and age. This was a death sentence. This was uh, like having the plague. This was an unclean person. You didn't want to be around him. You didn't want to be near him. You certainly didn't want to touch him. Be close to him. And Jesus sees this man that, that nobody can have a personal relationship with because of his problems. That nobody wants to be around. That nobody can be near. And he sees the struggles this leper goes through. And he understands the hardships in his life and, and the rejection and the depression and the problems that this leper has. And he says, I'll make you clean. And Jesus looks at me and you the same way today. And he looks at us and he sees the sin. And he sees the struggles. See, Jesus says, I will take all the things, the, the things that you're embarrassed about, the sin that you've struggled with over and over again. Jesus says he'll take them. The stuff you wouldn't dare confess to anybody here today. The stuff you, are, you wouldn't dare tell anybody about. And Jesus says, I'll take them. Give them to me. Folks, who is willing to do this for you? Who can do this? Let me tell you, Jesus can do this. He says, I will. Jesus says, I will do it. I will take the worst sin you've ever committed. I will take the most embarrassing things about you. And I'll, I'll take them, and they'll be mine. Folks, the invitation of Jesus is so important because of what he's willing and able to do. And the fact is, we, we have this sin. We have these iniquities. We have these struggles. We have these problems. And if we don't give them to Jesus, there's no one else to give them to. No one. Let me tell you, that's important. The invitation of Jesus has terms that must be accepted. We read a very common in, uh, verse in Luke chapter 18 where it says, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Here's this rich young ruler and he, like us a lot of times, thinks he's just a pretty good guy. I, I don't do bad things. I got all the big stuff taken care of. 
and he sees Jesus. And it's this amazing moment when he sees Jesus. Uh, He wants Jesus. He desires that personal relationship. He wants to have Jesus. We go on, and Jesus said, uh, says, Now when Jesus heard these things, rather, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. He, he got this invitation. He, he got what he wanted. Uh, this invitation from Jesus, come, follow me. Oh, but you're going to have to do this one thing. And he wasn't willing to do it. There's, there's terms that must be accepted to Jesus' invitation. You see, what we want a lot of times, and what I find myself wanting is, I want to have Jesus, and I want to have the benefits that Jesus gives. I, I want Jesus to take my sin and take my burdens, but I don't want to take his. And I'm not willing to make the trade. I want Jesus to be God. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want him to forgive me, but I want to keep doing some things that I like to do. I want to keep something back for myself as well. Folks, I don't know what the terms are that you deal with, the terms that you struggle with, the terms that you have a a problem meeting, but the terms, they must be accepted. Folks, you can show up to the wedding wearing the the pink, hot pink tie. You ain't getting in. The terms got to be accepted. And we can show up to Jesus on judgment day or whenever just in a situation just like this rich young ruler and we can be standing there and we can be wearing everything Jesus asked us to wear but if we're wearing the hot pink tie, the invitation's no good. It doesn't matter anymore. All the terms must be accepted. Each and every one of them. Inherently, Jesus' invitation is also an expiring offer. Just like my wedding. It's over. It's done with. We can't go back and do that. Unless you want to try again. I don't. Jesus' invitation is an expiring offer. Matthew 25, we read about the, uh, the ten virgins. And while they went to buy uh, half of them, The bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. These five foolish virgins, they had no oil, and they go, and they think, well, we're going to fix this. We've got time. We're not prepared. And he goes on a few verses later to say, Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. That's the thing about this invitation. You, you knew with my wedding, if I show up on September 26th, I'm, it's too late. You knew that. But with Jesus' invitation, we don't know. It's unknown. And that makes it a much more desperate thing. It makes it harder to get ready for that invitation. Or to accept it, rather. We don't know. When this invitation closes, a lot of times a guy stands up here and he says uh, that the, Je- the, the invitation of Jesus, it's, a, it's ongoing. It's open at all times, and that's very, very true. You don't just have to accept Jesus' invitation at, at a church service. That's silly. You don't have to. Let me tell you, I don't know when you're going to have another chance right now. 
Second Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. We, we don't know. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. You know what that means? A surprise. We don't know. We can't predict. And the fact is, there's a lot of people out in the world today who, just like the rich young ruler, they got some things that need to be worked out. They're wearing the wrong tie. Chance may be wearing shorts. You got to put on the right pants. Spiritually. We got to get our terms in order because the offer is expiring. And one day it'll be too late. I don't know how to stress that anymore. So how do you accept this invitation from Jesus? Uh, If we read a verse before the verse we just read, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's simple. It's simple. All should come to repentance. If you want to know how to accept the invitation of Jesus, wherever you're at today in your spiritual walk, if if you don't have a relationship with him, or if you've been a Christian for 112 years, and you've got something that needs to change in your life, you've got something, uh, you've got terms that need to be met still in your life, one simple word can sum it up. You're going to have to come to Jesus. It's going to take change. It's going to take action. It's going to take something. It's like we talked about before with the rich young leader. We, we, all, we all want Jesus and want to do some of the same things anyways. We want the benefits of Jesus, but sometimes we're not willing to do what Jesus has asked us to do. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some repentance. It's going to take some change. I don't know what that is for you. You're, you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. But if you want to accept Jesus' invitation, no matter where you're at, it's going to take action. It's going to take coming to Jesus and moving towards Jesus. Folks, Jesus is here. And wherever you're at, if you're not close to him, you're going to have to move a little closer to him. You're going to have to be willing to come to Jesus. Psalms chapter 51 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. Proverbs 28 says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Folks, do you know what the sacrifices of God are? I think I talked about this in uh, a sermon in the last year or so. That doesn't mean the sacrifices that God makes. I don't suppose God makes sacrifices. Those are the sacrifices that God respects. Those are the sacrifices that God is looking for. Those are the sacrifices that God expects of you and I when we accept his invitation. And what are they? They're a broken spirit, a contrite heart. It's it's knowing. It's seeing the sin in our life. It's seeing the wrong that we've done. It's recognizing that, that Jesus is here and we're somewhere here. And that we have to move closer to him. God doesn't despise that. Proverbs here says, He that covereth his sins won't prosper, but the one who confesses and forsakes. That's who gets mercy. 
And if we don't confess, if we don't forsake the sin, the problem, whatever it is in our life, we, we don't have mercy. We want the mercy from God. We need the mercy from God. It takes confession to God. It takes forsaking the sins, doing away with them, leaving them behind, moving closer to God and further away from the world. How many times have we covered up our sin? How many times have we tried to hide our sin? Where people can't see it, where we can't even see it. He says you don't prosper that way. We've all sat in a church service and we've all listened to the sermon and we've all gone, man, I got to accept this invitation. I need to come forward. I need to do something. And we end up going, no, not today. No, probably not. I'll just pray later by myself and call it good. Folks, the sacrifices of God are a confessor or a forsaker or a broken, a contrite spirit, someone who sees the distance between them and God and takes action to change that. It's important to know that you will either accept or reject the invitation. Next one, please. There's nowhere in between. There's no other categories we can be in. Mind you, understand full well this is not my invitation because I'm speaking today. This is Jesus' invitation. And folks, if if you decide to accept the invitation when we stand and sing here in a minute, you're not accepting anything from me. Not a thing from me. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with our elders. It has nothing to do with anybody in here. It's between you and Jesus. That's who that's between But folks, you'll either accept or reject it. You'll either decide I need to accept this invitation or I don't. And I hope every one of you here is in in a good place with God today. That's amazing. But at any time we see something in our life, whether that be right here, right now this morning, we're either going to accept the change that we know we need to make or we're going to reject the change we know we need to make. Or if that's next Tuesday morning and you're at work by yourself and you see the problem, you're either going to accept or reject the changes that you got to make. Matthew chapter 16, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me. You want to know how to accept Jesus' invitation here? He's laying it out. He's telling us. If any man will come after me, this is what Jesus says next, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Folks, I don't know what that means for you today. There's different things you're dealing with than I am. I don't know what you need to do. I don't know what the specifics of it are. But Jesus says, let him deny himself. Let him take up the cross and follow I know what it's going to take. It's going to take a denying, taking, and following. I didn't learn a lot in school, but I know that these are all verbs. These all are action. These all are doing something. You can't take without action. 
You can't follow without action. You can't deny without action. Jesus says, if you want to come after me, you've got to deny something. You're going to have to deny yourself. And I figure this just about fits everybody no matter what issues and problems you have. There's probably people in here today, all of us in here today, that we need to deny ourselves a little bit better. Tell you, there's a lot of us in here, we probably need to take up the cross and and do the work we need to be doing a little bit better and a little bit more. If you're not a Christian, maybe it's time you decide you're going to follow Christ. You're going to devote your life to him. Once you know you can't accept the invitation without action. You can't get closer to Jesus without action. You can't have God without some action, without some change, without something being different in your life. And that's how you accept the invitation. That's, this is an important invitation. It's a personal invitation. There's terms you got to meet. And folks, there's, it's an expiring offer. I don't know when that expires for you or for all of us. But I know that I see when I need to make a change. And I can either accept or reject that. And I ask you to do the same thing. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.